Blog Talk Radio. another edition of the C2P, and this is our annual special 2019 NFL Mock Draft Show, and if we're talking Mock Draft, you know we're bringing in our main man, none other than Justin Van Fulpen. You can also check out his work at Football Next Level. Justin is the guy. He is the maestro of many, many things, and with that said, the NFL Draft Guru himself, Justin Van Fulpen, here on the Mock Draft Show. Justin, what's going on, brother? Hey, I mean, two weeks, what, 13 days, and we'll be on the clock for real. And that's, you know, guys like me and you, that's what we live for. You know, look forward to it. It's like, you know, Christmas, Christmas for everybody else, you know, open up the presents. We we wait for the NFL draft to be able to open up our presents. Now, Justin, me and you are old school with this. The new generation is used to Thursday nights, but how do you ever reminisce back in the day when you're basically hunkered down in front of the TV on Saturday and Sunday from basically noon oh, till 7 p.m.? Yeah, I like that better. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, really, you know, Saturday you wake up, you got rounds one, two, and three. You know, then you come back. You know, Sunday, you know, four, five, and six, and seven. You know, that, that was that was. You know, if you were a you know the true old school draft guy, that was you were looking forward to that. You know, a noon kickoff. You know, fires on Saturday where round one kicks off there. Yeah, it, it, it was a special moment. And, uh, again, something we won't see ever again, but glad we kind of witnessed it, I guess. I guess we could say we're part of that old-school generation who appreciated the the time and effort that went into watching the draft. I know the years that – a couple years I attended it in, in New York City, you know, the tickets were free, but you had to basically sleep outside to get your ticket to go the next day. And if you attended the full – draft if you went back both pre-admission you didn't have to wait in the lottery for the next year i with that said though i never made it full seven rounds because it's it's a tedious tedious process so like you said those are the true hammers probably new yorkers you know i mean if you're out of town you know you know i mean i have pictures of us sleeping on the sidewalk because we awaited our our lottery tickets for the uh nfl draft but justin as you said next week somebody's going to be on the clock and that is the arizona cardinals and you are the gentleman picking the odd teams. I'm picking the even teams tonight. So with that said, you are now on the clock with the number one pick and picking for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I think obviously it's the kind of the worst cut secret in regards to Kyler Murray is, you know, going to be the number one overall pick. They're going to have to try to trade, you know, Josh Rosen or, you know, keep him on the roster and trade him later. You know, so really Kyler Murray is going number one. Obviously the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, back-to-back Oklahoma State guys win the Heisman. Back-to-back Oklahoma State guys, you know, go, you know, number one overall. Kyler Murray, obviously he's, you know, slender, small, you know, and we'll see what happens. We'll see as far as if he really 
can hold up. I mean, we saw Josh Rosen got beat up by, you know, the Arizona offensive line. You know, if, you know, if they don't play any better, improve, you know, things like that, you know, how long is, you know, Josh Rosen there? You know, I mean, how long is Kyler Murray going to be able to last, you know, under that, you know, pressure there in the NFL? It's big boy football. Uh, you know, he's not playing against Big 12, you know, defenses. And I think that's something people really underlook there regards to that defense in the Big 12 was horrible. Yeah, Kyler Murray put up great stats, looked great, but none of anybody in the Big 12 is getting drafted, you know, in the NFL in the first round next uh, Thursday and two Thursdays from now. <laughs> You're exactly right. And, and I mean, yeah, think about another Big 12 guy and Will Greer. Nobody talks about him. He put up the same numbers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Murray himself. I mean, uh, would you pass on him and, and go in another right direction, or you just think this is the, the right path for Arizona? Well, I think, I think when you bring in um, Cliff Kingsbury, and let's not forget, Cliff Kingsbury got fired from Texas Tech, you know, and then gets in NFL. I mean, this has kind of been – you know, very, very odd. I mean, it's rare that a college coach gets fired and then gets an NFL head coaching job. Now, so basically, all Arizona has done is said, hey, we're going to put all our chips, you know, in. We're going to go all basically Saturday football and try to bring it, you know, into Sunday. So, hey, we're, we're bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. He's going to bring in his offense. And to really be that trigger man, obviously, Kyler Murray is a, is a great, you know, for that trigger man for his offense. We're going to see if Cliff Kingsbury's offense can work on Sunday. And again, one thing I think people don't understand in regards to what's different between Saturday and Sunday football, it's the hash marks. You know, really in regards to football, the NFL hash marks are very much kind of close in where the hash marks in college football are kind of wide out. So basically, you know, that's why back in the day, option football worked. You know, they used a lot of option, you know, Tommy Frazier and Scott Foster in Nebraska and winning national you know, titles because of the hash marks and they can use their speed athleticism to get out. We'll see if Kyler Murray is be able to use that speed and athleticism and he can last, you know, 16 weeks and multiple seasons over and over again. So it's going to be, you know, interesting. If I was obviously the Arizona Cardinals GM, I wouldn't have hired Cliff Kingsbury and then therefore I wouldn't have drafted uh, Kyler Murray. Excellent stuff. And, Justin, before we move on to the second selection, I got a little trivia for you. You might have saw my tweet. If you saw my tweet, you might know the answer. Do you know the greatest Cardinals quarterback ever drafted that never played for the team? Ooh, no, I, I don't know. That's, that's, go ahead and give it to me. <laughs> it was Joe Namath. He was selected in the first round, 12th overall of the 1965 draft by the St. Louis Cardinals, but he went on to choose the AFL and play for none other than the New York Jets. So a little cool. Nice. But he was drafted as a Cardinal. He was in the NFL draft drafted by the Cardinals. So Justin Van Poolman got uh, Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner, going to Arizona at one. That leads me to the San Francisco 49ers with the second selection. And I think for the longest time you assumed that, you know, this would probably be Quinnen Williams or Josh Allen. Um I just think with Nick Bosa being there, and I know they have Solomon Thomas, they selected DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, they brought in D. Ford. Um, besides them trading down, I don't see another value guy at this selection. I mean, if, if you thought about maybe Devin White to replace that Foster guy, I think that's a little too early for number two overall. And I think at the end of the day, if you can get the number one pick, or I guess the number one prospect in most minds, and, Bo- and I think Bosa kind of crosses the, the T's, dots, the I's in that aspect. I think this is where San Francisco goes. He kind of falls into their laps. And 
again, I mean, you can never have enough good defense. And I, I think just adding another dynamic guy like him and, you know, Solomon Thomas, again, Buckner Armstead, and then the addition of D Ford coming off that edge, um, that should be a pretty potent defense that, uh, you know, those guys are going to have out in the Bay Area. So I'm going to say Nick Bosa, Ohio State, DN to San Francisco, and that leads you to the Jets at number three. Yeah, and I'm going to go, you know, stay on the edge there. So, you know, um going to go Josh Allen, the edge rusher out of Kentucky. You know, um, definitely a guy who, you know, put up great stats there in the SEC, has really kind of risen, you know, a true senior, you know, been through the wars in the SEC, has gotten better every year, you know, came in as a two-star prospect. You know, last year there was some thought about him coming out early, you know, probably would have been a late, you know, first-round season is probably a top-five pick, you know, there in the NFL draft. And, and the Jets, you know, they've been busy this offseason. You know, I mean, C.J. Mosley, they brought in, obviously, Le'Veon Bell. Um, so they're spending money. You know, they're trying to add some pieces. And if Josh Allen can pan out and, and be that guy, uh, you know, hopefully they bring some light to that defense. So, you know, they're on the verge. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have some notes here. I mean, uh, flashback, 2005. I mean, to think about how cocky the New York Jets had to be to take Mike Nugent in the second round is, is, is kind of a comical thing to think of and, and to see how dismal this franchise has kind of been over that duration, but none other than the Jets and, you know, Sam Donald last year, Jamal Adams the year before, Darren Lee the year before that. So they've been drafting productive guys, and hopefully Josh Allen kind of continues that trend in New York as they hope to trend upwards compared to kind of where they've been the last two years. Um, So we got Murray, Bosa, Allen. That leads us to the Oakland Raiders. They have three number one picks in this particular draft. They have their own. They also have the Chicago Bears via the Khalil Mack trade. And then they also own the rights to the Cowboys' number one pick when they traded Amari Cooper off to Dallas. Um, You know, Justin, I want to spend a little time on Oakland. One, they have three picks. I don't agree with anything they have done so far in terms of getting rid of Khalil Mack or Amari Cooper. Um, You know, I know people talk about them having three number one draft picks, but, you know, the Golden State Warriors could have four number one draft picks if they traded away Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, (laughs) and Draymond Green. So I you know what I mean? So it's great. You could say the Warriors have five number one draft picks, including their own. But again, I, you know, I think you lose arguably the top defensive player besides Aaron Donald in the National Football League, and a, and, a, and a receiver who was 24 years old with you know a reasonable contract that you could still you know pay him two more years before you really kind of get to the nooks and crannies of it. So they blew this whole thing up, and now here we are. And I, you know, I I personally think covering the Steelers, I thought the Antonio Brown thing. I think Kevin Colbert and those guys. Are, are were sipping champagne. I think they were just willing to get nothing for him. You're never going to come out and say you want top. You not you do not want top dollar. Of course, you're going to say you want the highest maximum reward or you know refund for Antonio Brown's rights. But I think that was a foul up. And then they brought in Pontez Perfect. So all that said, I want to I want to give him Quinn and Williams because the pitch just makes sense. And he, you know he really emerged last season. You know for Alabama. He and they have a lot of great players. You know all five star prospects. And he kind of emerged amongst all those guys and really took it. He had a fantastic combine, you know, and he kind of fits that need up front. You know, it's not a Khalil Mack type by any stretch of the means. But, you know, I think he just adds that interior. I know they addressed it a couple times last year, but they also have some question marks. And I just think in talent. But on the flip side, and I am going to stick with the Williams pick, Justin, I just think with the way this team has gone this far, I wouldn't be shocked if we just have a mind-boggling selection that we just kind of straight out of nowhere, if you will, when Oakland comes to pick. What do you think about that? Or do you think they kind of stick yeah. to the grinding and stay with the Williams-type guy? 
Well, well, obviously we've got we've got Mike Mayock, you know, running, you know, first year GM. Obviously, you know, longtime general draft analyst there for the NFL Network. We got John Gruden, who always loves quarterbacks. They've worked out, you know, Kyler Murray. They, you know, they've they've poked around, you know, uh, Dwayne Haskins. You know what? You know, would they do something like that? You know, would Haskins be a you know a possibility there? What's their their love with Derek Carr. Now, I don't think they'll do it, but I think it's more of a smoke screen. But they really need, you know, an edge guy. And I, you know, I think, you know, like you said, they lost Max. So is it, is it, you know, Quinn Williams? It's probably. But would they think about a Rashawn Gary? Would they think about an Ed Oliver? You know, I mean, you know, you know, and what? then would they, you Montez know, some some Mata Sweat? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I think that, you know, it's it's you know, it's going to be interesting because. Obviously, you know that you know John. I mean, John Groom was talking about how pass rush was, and like you said, they gave away you know arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, and you know the best pass rusher in the NFL off the edge, and you know so so that's going to be an interesting thing as far as what direction they go for. Really, that kind of you know could tilt what happens there. Yeah, it's a really to me. I think you know I don't think that much can get crazy up top. You know, I think you know there's not much movement there. Um, but I think when it comes to Oakland and just the way they've been this off season and some of the things they've done, I, I, I really do believe they are the wild card. Um, Justin, we move on to number five. Um, last year, the Buccaneers took Vita Vie, the defensive tackle. The year before, O.J. Howard, the tight end. The year before that, Vernon Hargraves, the defensive back. And then 2015, the number one pick overall, they took Jameis Winston. So it seems like a long time ago since 2015, but now we move on to 2019, and uh, you have this selection for the Buccaneers' um, offensive defense. Well, I, I think really, you know, they're they're probably going to go defensive line. I I just think you know we're we're going to go with you know uh, Devin Devin White, the linebacker at LSU. I think kind of that's where kind of people are linking him up. And they, do they go over Sean Gary or Montez Sweat? Uh, you know, there. You know, I think they like probably going to you know looking at getting you know. Uh, rid of some of their older defensive linemen, uh, you know, there uh, with, uh, the, you know, the D-tackle, um, you know, that they drafted a number of years ago. Uh, and, and I can't pop his name in my head real quick there. But, you know, so I think they're going to go with Sean Gary. I think McCoy. Sean Gary gives them some ver- – yeah, the Gerald McCoy. You know, they've, they've talked about trading him. He didn't show up for, um, you know, for the offseason workouts there. So – I think, you know, he could possibly be on his way out. I think Gary fits in, you know, that mix where he could play in, he could play tackle. You know, he's just a freak athlete there, really helped himself in the testing at the NFL Combine. Everybody figured he was doing, you know, played hurt last year with a shoulder injury. And I think when you talk about top five picks, you got to talk about traits, athletic traits. And, and Rashawn Gary, you know, fits that athletic traits there. You know, obviously didn't have the production and people are some, you know, questioning that. But I think if you know had the, the shoulder injury basically this whole uh, junior season, and I think you just got to roll the dice, you know him, and I'd probably go over, I'd go over him then Sweat just in terms of because he's bigger, stronger, you know, and, and yeah, he's a little bit, you know, not as fast, but he's still a freak, you know, as far as speed wise at his size. Excellent stuff, and then again, yeah, White. I mean, White is a White is a beast. And then, again, it, it fits a need. Um, now we're on to the New York Giants. They also have two number one picks. They acquired the 17th pick overall from the Cleveland Browns when they uh, jettisoned Odell Beckham off to Cleveland. And they also got Jabril, Jabril Peppers in return as well. Um, now, I, you know, 
the, the Giants kind of confuse me. I don't know what they're doing this off season. Um, a lot of moves that make me scratch my head. Um, we could go on and on. We don't, you know, we don't want to get into all the head scratching. Um, but a little tidbit: Kyle Lorietta, the 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 quarterback drafted last season in the fourth round. He's the only quarterback ever drafted by David Gettleman, their GM, and that's that's both in New York and in Carolina. So not much of a quarterback guy. Not that he had to take a quarterback in Carolina because he had Cam Newton, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, he could have took a guy late, a late flyer. So never did that. And the fourth rounder, and we, you know, I think last season we all thought, hey, this could be Eli Manning's year where they kind of go after it. Um, I'm going to hold off at least with this pick. I'm going to say that they 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 decline a quarterback at this particular pick. Um, I look offensive line still being a position of need. Um, I know there's some talented guys on the thing, but and this kind of goes back to the other thing. The drafts never seem to work out the way I think they're going to work out. So I'm going to have them <laughs> take, and this could be a, this is going to be a mind blower, but this is how the draft goes. I'm going to have them take the Kansas State kid offensive tackle Dalton Risner. And I know this is a Moa and an out. And, and then if we were in New York, the Giants fans would be booing, going, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> but I only say that. I only say that because. Right. I mean, how many times do we watch the draft? I mean, these seem like all the most logical, you know, I mean, I, I think Ed Oliver is a perfect fit here. Montez Sweat, Gary. I mean, it's a no brainer. They lost Oliver Vernon. You know, I, I think those guys make sense. But at the end of the day, I think, you know what, we know that offensive line still was a weakness for them. I know they brought Nate Solder in last year, but Eli Manning was still getting crushed, even though they were able to run the ball. So, I think if they want to do anything, I think it's offensive tackle. And, again, you know, there's some, you know, and Rizner's a kind of a late guy. I mean, you know, you got Jawan Taylor. You got, uh, you know, the kid from Alabama, so, you know, you get the, from Florida. But this is – I just kind of want to make it wild, I guess, Justin. This is our mock draft, and, you know, yeah. draft night always brings those what-the-hell moments. So this is my what-the-hell moment with the sixth pick with Dalton Rizner and his family celebrating because he just went six overall to the Giants. That brings you – to the fabulous Jacksonville Jaguars, another team with a lot, a lot of potential, but a lot of headaches. Well, obviously, you know they they, they signed a new, got, you know, you know, kind of move quarterbacks there. They, you know, brought in Nick Foles, you know, and I think the standpoint is is what you know what do they do? Um, you know, they could go DK Metcalf. They're looking at you know kind of that big receiver who's just been kind of a freak standpoint. The Devin White, the linebacker at LSU, a lot of people think is a top ten talent there. But I think, you know, they obviously, you know, traded Dante Fowler to, you know, to uh, uh, the Los Angeles Rams last year, former first-round pick. And the guy who's really kind of moved up everybody's draft board from the senior bowl, what he really did at the senior bowl, and then 4-1 at the NFL Combine is um, uh, Montez Sweat, the edge guy at Mississippi State. And I think, you know, you really – you think about Jacksonville, what they were two years ago when they were kind of – Saxonville is what they, you know, called them – there with Calais Campbell and just, you know, that defense that just was dominant there. And I think if you go Jacksonville and you give him Montez Sweat there off the edge, you know, just another guy kind of, you know, there obviously they took the, the defensive uh, tackle uh, last year out of Florida, uh, Travian Bryant there. Um, but I think, I think, I think Montez Sweat's going to be too good for them to pass up and they go ahead and, and take him um, there with the seventh pick. I like that. I like that pick. And I mean, I, I fell in love with sweat and you're right. I mean, you talk about one of the guys who, since the season has ended, since bowl games concluded, um, it, it's hard to argue that any player, if, if at least not top three, then Montez sweat has kind of, you know, solidified himself with everything he's done. Again, fabulous senior bowl um, performance. And then he went to the combine and, 
and really, really, uh, you know, put the nail in the coffin in terms of, uh, you know, putting uh, all the athletic numbers against what we see on tape. So, again, a great pick. And I tell you about Coughlin would be happy. I think if they get sweat, like you said, perfect complement to the, you know, the absence of uh, Fowler, you know, who they, you know, traded off to the Rams last year and who also resigned with the Rams. So the Rams probably had to be happy that, uh, you know, they, you know, sent the guy off, but, you know, they still got the luxury for him to return. Um, Justin, I am now holding the rights to the eighth pick of the Detroit Lions. I can make this selection, but since you are a Michigan man, a Detroit guy, I will allow you to make this selection if you wish. Well, I think what the, the Lions are going to want, you know, want to trade down, um, you know, and that's kind of their talk. And I think, you know, we don't, we're not going to project mock draft or, or trades in, the, in this mock, but if Ed Oliver is still there, I think Ed Oliver is going to be the eighth pick. I don't know if it's going to be for the Detroit Lions or the Atlanta Falcons, but there's a lot of talk, you know, rumors that, that Atlanta's going to go up and they like Ed Oliver there. So let's go ahead and put him, let's put Ed Oliver eighth overall. We're going to give him to the Detroit Lions. But, you know, you heard it here first. Look for the Falcons to potentially make a trade if Ed Oliver's there with the, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions want to get down. They want to get more draft capital. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they want to kind of, you know, kind of rebuild uh, the team. Um, they, you know, obviously in Matt Patricia's image uh, there in his, in his second year there. So they want some more kind of New Englanders, you know, kind of Patriots Midwest here, obviously with the signings that they had uh, this offseason. So, we're going to go with Ed Oliver there with the with the eighth overall pick. Ed Oliver. And, Justin, we know very well being kind of plugged in a little bit more than everybody else out there. Um, Ed Oliver was the darling coming out in the spring grades. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. He was, he was a guy who people were talking about. He could be the number one overall pick, you know, this, you know, basically, you know, last May. Yeah, so it, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, it's a long season and, uh, you know, not that he's far off being the ninth overall selection or eighth overall selection. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good. But, again, you never know how the grades are going to actually factor into actual draft position. That leads me to the Bills with number nine. I think we all think offense. Um, again, I'm going against the grade. I mean, we could all think DJ Metcalf or DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, uh, Marquise Brown, um, Nikhil Harry, um, you know, T.J. Honkerson, the tight end out of Iowa. Um, but I, I think this kind of fits the need. I'm going with the kind of Peyton Manning, Jeff Saturday type mode. Um, I know that they have issues with their center in terms of just, you know, finding that right piece. And I'm going to put the NC State center, Garrett Bradbury, there at the ninth pick. I just think uh, he does fit the need. Buffalo needs to build in the trenches offensively. I know that, the, the, you know, the outside skill position pieces we all kind of get infatuated with. But I think this is a deep enough draft to, for them to still kind of get some quality guys in the second round. And, and, you know, I don't really know if I want, I, I think, think there's a lot of things about DK Metcalf in terms of, you know, we know he's a burner, straight line speed, but you know, how much is he going to factor in and all those other aspects. So uh, I'm going to give them Garrett Bradbury, NC state Buffalo bills. And Justin, I want to pass this off to you. I've been taking some notes. Um, Belichick took over new England in 2000. He has 225 regular wins with the Patriots. The bills over that same span have 127 so basically, the Patriots could not win a game for the next six years, and that would basically be the same amount of time for the Bills going undefeated to equal that record. So that just kind of shows you how – I mean, think about it. Six years without winning a game, you go undefeated, and then you're kind of catching up to the team that's kind of dominated the AFC East, and that's the New England Patriots. Well, Justin, as always, the 10th pick, 
I, or you're the Evens guy, Denver Broncos, not too long ago. They were the cream of the crop. They were Super Bowl champions. And uh, no more Peyton Manning. The quarterback position has been dysfunctional since then. Did they go quarterback or did they address another position with the 10th pick overall? Well, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, Joe Flacco, he's there. He's there kind of for, you know, one year. They could extend him there. You know, I think. I think they, they, they're going to flirt because obviously Dwayne Haskins there, Drew Locke's there. But I think what they're going to do is take T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa, to really help Joe Flacco because John Elway wants to win now. You know? And so I think he's like, okay, hey, let's, let's give him T.J. Hawkinson. Let's give him a kind of this, this all-world tight end who can block, who can catch. And Flacco's obviously been you know, successful with the tight ends, with Dennis Pitta. You know, and just kind of, you know, at Dixon, you know, just, you know, there. So I think T.J. Hawkinson would be the pick with the 10th overall pick to the Denver Broncos. I love it. And that's, that's a nice selection. And, and obviously, I, probably with that pick, we could say the, the Jake Butt thing never worked out. Sad to see he got hurt in that bowl game for the Michigan Wolverines, of a potential first-round pick tight end. But it just kind of seems like he's been battling injuries. And here's another trivia question for you, Justin. I got them all night coming for you. Who was? <laughs> the best Broncos quarterback ever drafted? Ooh, was it Brian Greasy? Because it wasn't John Elway, because John Elway was, was, uh, was, there you was go. drafted by the, the Colts. Drafted by the Baltimore Colts. There you go. Yeah. Hey, that's for debate. You might want to say Greasy, Craig Moore. I don't know why I would guess Greasy, but, yeah, it's a little joke question. Yeah, and you and you got it. Yeah. And I even put, remember, John Elway was drafted by the Colts, so. Uh, you are you're you're an expert. So, like I said, most people are going to call me a dum dum and say, "Oh, of course it's John Elway." But as you would know, because you are the man, the Baltimore Colts were the one, and then they traded him for Chris Hinton, and then Hinton went to the Colts, and obviously John Elway uh, became a two-time Super Bowl champion, and I rode off into the sunset. Once again, you're listening to the 2019 mock draft featuring Justin Van Fulpen and myself, NFL draft expert Justin is, and uh, like I said, everything NFL draft. You can find out more about what he brings to the table if you go to his website, Football Next Level. And Justin brings the agency back sign. He's directed uh, player all-star games. He is intertwined in all those aspects that very few are, and that's why he's so well-versed in being able to kind of speak to us and share his knowledge about what's going on in the NFL and some of the intricacies that go on behind the scenes that very few in the media can know about none and if you're not doing it because Justin is behind the scenes doing all those type of things that leads me to the 11th selection with the Cincinnati Bengals obviously Marvin Lewis is gone and they have a new coach and Mr. Taylor and uh you know rumors swirling you know if they'll take a quarterback here and I got another one for you man in 2003 Justin the Bengals selected Carson Palmer nine years later they selected Andy Dalton it is now nine years later after Ooh. the Dalton selection do they take another quarterback? And I'm going to say yes, they do take another quarterback. I think everybody's kind of knows that, you know, you can take a quarterback just like the Arizona Cardinals. You're not stuck to these guys like years past with a big contract. If you want to take a shot on a guy, you can. And uh, now it depends on which quarterback you want to go after. Um, I personally like Drew Locke. I, I thought highly of him coming out. I know for a long time he was the projected number one pick and, you know, and he kind of faded off that path. But, uh, I just think um, over Haskins and Daniel Jones, the other two guys I think that are kind of in that realm of first-round graded guys, um, I just like Locke. So with that said, I'm giving the Bengals Drew Locke, and, and now they do have the heir apparent to Andy Dalton, which brings us 
to the 12th selection, the Green Bay Packers. They also have two selections in this year's draft. They also have their own at number 12, and then they also hold the right later on in the draft, I believe, at number, uh, what, 29? Or, yeah, I think 30, number 30 from the Saints from a trade last year. But with that said, Justin, you have the Green Bay Packers and the 12th overall pick. Well, Devin White's a guy who I think slid in this, you know, in this top, you know, top ten picks. You know, I mean, I think he's going to go somewhere in the top ten, or maybe somebody to trade up to get him. But he's he's available uh, for his in this draft. So the Packers go ahead. Probably the best player available on their board is Devin White, and they get themselves a linebacker to really help that defense is what they've built in free agency. Yeah, definitely, and they've done a lot. I mean, uh, busy in free agency, and they get a talent like White that late. Uh, Again, a pretty special stuff. That brings me to the Miami Dolphins, another quarterback. They traded Ryan Tannehill off to the Tennessee Titans. And uh, the last three, two years, they've gone defense. Um, they've addressed the offensive line a couple times as well in the last five years. And then in 2015, they took Devontae Parker with the 14th overall selection at wide receiver. Um, a little mixed bag of tricks between what these this team has gotten out of their first round picks overall. Kind of a lot to be desired, if you will, when you look at everything in a nutshell, and that's probably why they kind of really haven't been able to get over the hump. Um, but with that said, I think this is another team that, that addresses the quarterbacks. And I know this has kind of been a draft where we just kind of, you know, we're not going to make trades, but just kind of with the Ed Oliver to the Lions. I think in the back of my mind, I, my mind, I do think a, I think the quarterback hungry teams do panic on draft night, and they do jump up a little bit. I think, you know, the teams that are willing to drop down, um, well, you know, I mean, common sense, but, you know, I think the teams, you know, teams will be looking to move up. And, you know, I think when you look at a San Francisco or even the Jets or Oakland, I think all those teams would be willing to drop down a few slots if these teams can move up. But with that said, um, I'm going to give them Daniel Jones, the Duke quarterback, um, very talented kid as well, um, covering ACC football. I've been able to see him play, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised with what I saw. So uh, I'm going to give the Miami Dolphins Duke. Uh, Daniel Jones from Duke, and uh, we're on to the 14th overall pick, and that is none other than Justin Van Poolman taking over for the Falcons. I think I know where you're going to go here. I think. Um, I, really? Not too far from I, – I could be. I could be wrong. Well, you mentioned defensive yeah. end earlier, defensive tackle, and, you know, and Gary's still on the board. So I would, I'm going to say Gary, but I don't know. You could go any – I mean, there's still a lot no, of guys Gary, on the Gary, board. I mean, Gary, yeah. Gary went fifth to the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, so – so, oh, that's so, right. That's right. Know, Gary went to the box. My bad. Yeah, no, but but he's. I'm still going for as a Michigan man and Devin Bush, the linebacker out of Michigan. Oh. You know, the two Devins. A lot of people, you know, like it, like the speed. Atlanta likes speed players. If they don't make that trade with Detroit to get up there, you know, I think you know they're going to go after somebody that's athletic, like Devin Bush, the Michigan linebacker there, 14th and the man to pair him uh, with uh, what is it? Uh, oh, gosh, who's their linebacker, Justin? Uh, Deion Jones. Uh, Deion Jones. Yeah, the pair him with Deion Jones, man. That's uh, whoo. That's some uh, that's some athletic stuff uh, going on in their their second core. Uh, you know, second line of defense behind that defensive front. Um, I got the Washington Redskins at fifteen. Um, this is another team possibly looking for a quarterback. I mean, they bred in Case Keenum, but we know that is not the long term solution. Um, you know, I, I'm going to stick with quarterbacks, Justin. You know, I'm going to go here. Um, I'm going to go with an Ohio State Buckeye, the second Ohio State Buckeye off the board behind Nick Bosa. And I'm going to put Dwayne Haskins there for the Washington Redskins. Um, it's been a long time, you know, since RG3. Um, you know, it seemed like they had a star until the injuries kind of derailed a, a fabulous career in a season. But with that said, um, you know, Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, 
and uh, we got four four quarterbacks in the top 15. How realistic do you think that is? Did we see four quarterbacks? Maybe not in the top 15, but at least four quarterbacks in the top 32 on the next or two weeks from now. You know, you know, I think what people are talking about, I think it's going to happen. You know, I think, you know, eventually, you know, that that's what's going to go. I don't know if Miami is going to take a quarterback because they're kind of tanking for two is what basically everybody you know thinks Miami is going to do is try to, you know, get up there and get to the next year's you know quarterback class, which is probably better than this year's quarterback class. But it's always quarterback needy teams like we talked about Washington. And, and if this happens, if this happens like you, whatever, uh, the New York Giants are basically sitting, you know, there at the, with the 17th pick and not being able to draft a quarterback in the first round. So because they, they like Daniel Jones, they, you know, supposedly have cooled on Dwayne Haskins, you know. So, but I think, I think obviously Washington, they're going to draft somebody. You know, there's also talk about maybe Washington trading for a, you know, Josh Rosen there. Um, and so it's going to be, it's definitely interesting. But I do, I do believe we'll see four quarterbacks in two weeks, you know, go in the first round. Awesome stuff. Um, 16th overall, Justin, you inherit the Panthers here at 16th. Well, I think obviously they need to protect Cam Newton, obviously coming off a, a shoulder uh, surgery there. So I think they go to the offensive lineman. And Jawan Taylor, um, you know, the, the right tackle out of Florida, many people believe him. He's probably the best uh, offensive tackle in this year's class. Um, so I think he goes ahead, you know, of of a, of a Greg Little, of a, you know, Jonah Williams, who think you know people think probably more of a guard center there. So I think Jawan Taylor – you know, goes to the Carolina Panthers with the 16th overall pick. Nice. And then you thought, yeah, that's a great pick. I mean, uh, and again, just kind of putting some more pieces to protect Cam, Cam Newton, who's coming, you know, off that uh, busted up shoulder and uh, keeping him one piece. If not, then uh, like I said, this organization is going to uh, just kind of fall to the wayside. That brings me to the second pick of the New York Giants that he acquired again from trading Odell Beckham to the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Um, we talked about the quarterbacks not being there. Maybe they possibly make a trade for Josh Rosen. Or as you said, may, you know, maybe maybe David Gettleman's thinking ahead with, you know, Jake Frome and Justin Herbert and, you know, Tua Togavalea that, you know, we'll grab our quarterback next year. But with that said, no more quarterbacks to take with the 17th overall selection. I think they go defense here. And uh, I'm going to give them Christian Wilkins, the D-tackle from Clemson. Um, again, a talented guy, um, one of the best in the business in terms of what, you know, he did last year at Clemson. So I, I just think they kind of, you know, up on the defensive side of the football, they went interior with their first pick on the offensive side, and then they, battle, you know, they come back, again, addressing the interior on the defensive side with the second pick. And that now leaves us to you with the Minnesota Vikings, 18th overall, Justin. Well, again, I think they, they need to, to address the offensive line. They need to protect Kirk Cousins. And Andre Dillard, the Washington State offensive tackle, a lot of people, you know, have him as the number one tackle, you know, on you know on the board. So I think Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, they want to run the ball, want to be more physical, want to protect Kirk Cousins. And I think as far as going and addressing the offensive line there with Andre, a Dillard out of Washington State would be a perfect fix for them. Nice. I, I could dig that one. I, I like that. And again, you know, you talk about a disappointing team. I mean, you know, you know, and, and basically the NFC championship, they bring in Kirk Cousins, but it's just that offense kind of never gets going. So, uh, you know, they kind of need to get everything going. They need to get Dalvin Cook going. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, him staying healthy, I guess, is a big key. But, you know, they brought down their two big defensive uh, free agents that were possibly guys that were going to 
go off, but they, you know, they kept both those guys and, uh, you know, so the Vikings should be in play once again. And that leads us to a team on the cuffs, almost a playoff team last year, fell a little bit short and they finished with the 19th overall selection for their, uh, for what they did last year. And we're talking about none other than the Tennessee Titans. And uh, this to me is a team, you're kind of going a lot of different directions. Um, I'm just doing this because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at different things and I'm just looking at value on the board. Um, I'm going to go with Greedy Williams, the defensive back out of LSU. Um, I think at this point you're kind of taking the second or third best position guy at every position. So why not possibly, you know, I mean, people could argue maybe, you know, Byron Murphy or some other, DeAndre Baker, um, you know, from Georgia. But um, I'm going to put Greedy Williams. Um, any LSU defensive back is always going to be a guy that I'm going to find uh, or fancy because uh, they just do a terrific job of developing these guys. So uh, I'm going to take uh, Williams here at the uh, 19th or you know what? Did we get fouled up? Yeah, yeah, we did. But so, but so, go ahead and get the yeah. 20th pick. How did you cover the yeah, six dealers? And I'll go to back oh, to yeah. that yard. All right, my, and I apologize for that. I apologize for that. Go ahead and um, get, those, get the Steelers. The Steelers, I guess. I yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually plan that. No, um, the Steelers. Wow. Well, let's go. Here, this here's the the Steelers pick. Uh well, it, you know, I, I think for the longest time, I mean, I think you see uh, defensive back or linebacker is their biggest needs, which I do think there are their biggest needs um, for the Steelers. Um, I think Devin Bush, Michigan, is a guy there. And then Byron Murphy out of Washington, the other defensive back. Um, with Greedy Williams gone, I think that maybe that puts a little pressure on them to know that if they don't get a defensive back here, they could be, uh, you know, waiting a whole other season to kind of really take a shot at a top prospect. So I'm going to give the Steelers at number 20. Um, Byron uh, Murphy out of Washington. Again, another school over the last decade that's kind of really produced some fabulous pros, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can develop them. And, and just quick tidbit on the Steelers, um, they're fabulous at drafting uh, wide receivers. We know they've found plenty of gems, but when you kind of look at the history of what they've done since Kevin Colbert, who's done a fabulous job as a GM, but a defensive back is a position they really struggle at kind of nailing down. And I would like to think the best defensive back they've had over that duration, at least brought in free agency trades would be Joe Hayden because, you know, Artie Burns showed a pulse, but he's really fell off the, you know, the map and, uh, you know, that kind of restructuring. But again, um, you know, I'm reluctant to see them take defensive back because they haven't had success. But again, it's a position that has to be needed. So, uh, Justin, you have the 21st selection. Now we're back on cue. I apologize. And that gives you the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I think, you know, as far as the defense, uh, of line is kind of what they're be looking at. They they rank 30th against the the run. I think basically the best interior defensive lineman that's still left on the board is 342 pound Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson, and they're happy to, that he's fell this far. And they go ahead and turn the card in for the Clemson defensive tackle. Nice, that's a that's a good one. And adding that beef up front, get Carson and Penny going for that Seattle run game. Um, that leads us to the Baltimore Ravens. They have the 22nd overall selection, and this will be the first time in a long time that Ozzie Newsom is not pulling the trigger as the GM. Eric DaCosta takes over as the front man for the Ravens this year. And, uh, again, uh, so we'll see if uh, how he ends up uh, changing the format of a long, long-tenured success with that of Ozzie Newsom. Um, I, think, I, I think they go Devin Bush here. Michigan linebacker. I De- think talent-wise, well, Devin, um, Devin know, Bush is, isn't available because he went 14. Oh, did you take Bush? Yeah, You're Bush went 14 me, to the, to the Falcons. Me. Oh, you did take so. it. I even talked about that. Well, then I'm not taking Bush. 
Well, you know what? I had a Cleveland Browns moment. I handed him the Browns card. Well, you know what? It was, man, I thought we had Bush. I even had him written down. I was like, even circled him. Like, you know what? And this is this is one thing I've done my whole life. I see it. So when, since I see it, I, 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 I totally disregard whatever the actual facts are because I think this is what I'm getting. All right. But, hey, we got plenty of picks. We got plenty of time. So with the 22nd pick selection, and they can't replace C.J. Mosley with a Devin Bush type guy because Devin Bush is gone. Um, I'm going to have them take Noah Font, the tight end out of Iowa, two Iowa tight ends here in the first round. Um, they've always had a you know, tight end. They've always been searching for a good tight end, and uh, hopefully they find a guy that can stay healthy and produce, and that offense is kind of hopefully going to emerge more of a more passing attack with Lamar Miller under center uh, for his second year in the pros. But uh, you sneaky little man, just uh, Devin Bush with that <laughs> one, Justin. Justin, you're off to the 23rd selection. From the Houston Texans, who are you taking? Well, I think, you know, here's the question is, do you take a Cody Ford out of Oklahoma or a Jonah Williams out of Alabama? You know, I think, you know, I think the versatility Ooh. of Cody Ford to be able to play guard or tackle, you know, and, but, and Jonah Williams is, is, has short arms, so he's not really a tackle. He's probably a guard. So I'm going to go Cody Ford, the O-line out of Oklahoma, to really help, you know, that running game. You know, that in that passing game to help Deshaun Watson and his development there, I think Cody Ford would be a nice fit for the Houston Texans. And that's great value. I mean, I mean, you know, Cody Ford, I mean, it, you know, you could argue that I could have sent Ford to the uh, Giants with the seventh overall pick with, since I was kind of gambling with that, or the sixth pick, I should say. You know what I mean? I mean, that's how talented Cody Ford is. So, and then again, you know, the guys you mentioned, they're still available. So it just kind of shows you uh, there's some talent and offensive linemen out there. Um, that leads us to the 24th selection, and that means I'm the guy on board. i got to make sure I'm not taking any more Devin Bushes since they're not available. Um, that leads us to the Oakland Raiders' second selection from the Chicago Bills, obviously from the Khalil Mack trade. Um, this, again, you know, I, I hate this to kind of say, you know what, well, you know, they, they traded Khalil Mack, so now they're going to get an edge guy, and they traded a receiver, so they're going to take a receiver um, I just don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to play out that way. Um, I think this this team, you know, they were close, and I, I you know, I, I still think there's some things that they need to do in other positions. So with that said, um, and this, I'm going to take a, a, a note out of your book, and my my wise friend Justin Van Poolpen, our guest on the show tonight, he told me this a long time ago, and it made sense. Joel Siegel is the agent for who? Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, and their safety, Carl Joseph. So who knows how long Carl Joseph is going to be there. So with that safety <laughs> position open, uh, I'm going to give them Jonathan Abram, the safety out of Mississippi State. Um, he's a thumper. Um, again, he's a, he's a tone setter in the back there. So uh, I give them Jonathan Abram, the safety out of Mississippi State. And that way, if uh, Carl Joseph is, traded another Joe Siegel client away from the Oakland Raiders. Um, we'll have it covered here at the C2P. With that, Justin, um, we're, we're, at, we're on what to the – why? what are we, what, the 25th pick now? I mean, this, we're going quick, man. Um, and we're off to the team that won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago in the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and I think, you know, they, they look at it and go, okay, hey, Jonah Williams is still on the board. He, you know, probably is not a left tackle there. You know, but they need some offensive line help, you know, obviously to uh, protect their quarterback, you know, to protect their franchise, help get that, you know, running game going. So they take Jonah Williams, the offensive lineman out of the University of Alabama, 
and they'll figure out where they're going to play him. Left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, a replacement for Trent, you know, for Jason Kelsey at center. You know, there's some, some position flexibility there with Jonah Williams and a great value at the 25th overall pick. That is great value with the 22nd pick. Um, and that leads me with the 26th pick. Um, and, you know, and you know who I wanted to put here so bad, but you took him. I wanted to put Dexter Lawrence for the Colts so bad, but obviously that's not an option for me. So uh, with uh, Chris Ballard entering his second year from last year, um, I'm going to – it's not really off the wall because we know it's a position of the need, but I think it's in terms of D.K. Metcalf being the number one receiver in most eyes. But I'm going to go with his teammate. I like his teammate, A.J. Brown. And you really got me hot on A.J. Brown when you did our preview show last year talking about the guys that were going to be coming into this particular draft. And uh, so I'm going to give the Colts uh, A.J. Brown, Mississippi, old, you know, Ole Miss receiver, who I think uh, will kind of fit the bill for what they want to do offensively. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, a great pick there. You know, our first, you know, wide receiver off the board in this mock draft. Yeah, and they, the people probably listening in, they're wondering, wow, how, how there's no T.K. Metcalf gone. There's no Marquise Brown gone. Um, you know, we have two tight ends off the board. Josh Jacobs is still around, um, but who knows how much longer. Um, we still have, uh, you know, five picks remaining here in the first round. But, Justin, that brings us to the third pick overall for the Oakland Raiders in the first round via the Cowboys of the Amari Cooper trade. Um, who do you have the Raiders selecting? Well, you, you've obviously, you know, taken Quentin Williams, the defensive tackle, you know, with Alabama. I think they pair him up with a, uh, a guy who has kind of risen up draft boards. Brian Burns, the edge guy out of Florida State, to really okay. Ooh, go, okay, nice. we're going to put these two guys there, and we're, we're going to get the pass rush uh, cranked up there with those those two big boys up front. So Brian Burns would be the 27th pick for the Oakland Raiders and their third first-round pick. Yeah, and I, that's a great pick. And anyway, it's not bad walking around. If those guys can pan out, even if one of them can't. Um, now we're off to the 28th pick of the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I, really, I, I think Tom Telesco is one of the most unappreciated general managers in the NFL. I mean, when you look at his draft success, I mean, it's really almost second to none over since he's kind of taken over there. Um, I put the, a Temple defensive back, Ross Onion. Um, you know, he's kind of emerged. Um, good good all-star game. And, you know, he's just kind of been building on that repertoire of, you know, building confidence in NFL scouts to say, hey, you know what, this guy is a defensive back that's capable of, you know, having success in the National Football League. So, uh, you know, I just think, you know, the Chargers are on the verge. Um, they can go in a lot of directions. But at the end of the day, um, Yasin, Temple, a little bit of a – I would want to say small school, but not exactly a big school name. But, uh, you know, Temple finds that they get a number one draft pick. And then we're off to the yeah. 29th pick for the Chiefs. And none of so. And, and, and this is a curious pick for you. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see where you're going to go here. Well, I, I, you know, I think you can go Josh Jacobs, the running back out of Alabama, DeAndre Baker, uh, the corner out of uh, Georgia, and still, still on the you know, board uh, there. I think, you know, they'd be kind of, you know, okay, do they go for the the Sir Adelaide, the safety out of Delaware, you know, there potentially you're talking about a first-round pick. But I think they're going to go stick big school, and I think they're going to go and get uh, Josh Jacobs, the running back. You know, obviously Kareem Hunt had the off-the-field, you know, issues there. They, they want to crank up this offense. He provides a great, you know, tool and toy uh, for Andy Reid, the Kansas City Chiefs, <clears throat> with Patrick Holmes. You know, you got Tyreek Hill there. I think, you know, basically you get Kareem Hunt kind of an upgrade on what Kareem Hunt was, you know, there in Josh Jacobs running back from Alabama. 
awesome stuff. And, you know, that pick there, just I'm thinking of, I know it's not a need, but, you know, Chris Conley off to Kansas City, I'm thinking, like, could Marquise Brown be the guy the Chiefs take with Justin Bull Van Picken? Because, you know, he kind of, you know, just another piece for Patrick Mahomes to throw to. But now it leaves me the idea, Justin. Yeah, now I'm here with the Packers, and we know they need receiver help. So I'm sitting on DK Metcalf and Marquise Brown. We know their defense. They spent a lot of money in free agency. So I'm, I got a head scratcher here. I really do. I, I was thinking, I was thinking defense. I was thinking Cleveland Farrell for a long time. But I, you know what? With the receivers on the board, um, I got to make our listeners happy. I guess I think they're going to probably ex- execute us if we don't put DK Metcalf in the first round. So Aaron Rodgers is excited. Devontae Adams has a new best friend opposite of him when this team lines up. And I know they have a lot of late-round prospects at the receiver position, but you know what? I'm going to give the Packers DK Metcalf. Even though I don't think it's going to happen, I think they're going to go D-line here. But uh, number 30, Packers take the receiver out of Ole Miss. And now we're off to the 31st selection of the Los Angeles Rams. And, Justin, you hold the rights to it. Well, I think you know they're gonna, they're going to help as far as their their defense. They're going to go DeAndre Baker, the corner out of Georgia, to really Ooh, help that nice secondary. Thing. You know, there and kind of lock up that defense to go with the you know the kind of that that offense that uh, they scheme scheme up well there with Jared Goff. You know, being the trigger man. Oh, that's a great one. That's I like that one. That's, whew, solid pick there, kids. Solid, solid pick. And that leaves the final selection here to the defending Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Uh, With Trey Flowers kind of leaving, I think this team – I'm looking at two guys here, Justin. I'm going to let you pick between the two. I'm going to either give you Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State, or I'm going to give you the Louisiana Tech kid, Jalen Ferguson. Which one of those kids do you want to slot in there for the Patriots at the 32nd pick? Or what about a guy who you talked earlier about, Khalil Farrell? Nah, you know what? I'm so bitter about him not going to the Packers that I bumped him out. Okay. <laughs> I can't, well, I I think, can't I do it. Jeff, I, I, yeah, I, I think Jeffrey yeah. Simmons is kind of, you know, more talented, you know, as far as they're any kind of four better, the, you know, kind of their defense there. I mean, and he's coming off the ACL injury where a lot of people thought if he's, he's healthy, you know, he could have been a top 15 pick. So they go ahead and get value with Trey Flowers leaving in free agency, and they, they go ahead and get him there. Awesome stuff. Justin, you're fabulous. I know our audience always loves when you tune in to help us, and I'm always appreciative because you're always so willing to accommodate any requests I have in terms of coming on the program. But with that said, we'd like to just give a big shout-out to everyone who listens to the 2019 Mock Draft here on the C2P with our special guest, Justin Van Fulpen. Justin, we appreciate you. We love you. And, uh, hey, man, two weeks from now, um, I hope you enjoy the draft. Yeah, we'll be doing it. For, we'll be hearing it from real, and uh, you know, we'll be those shockers, like you said. You know, and and they always happen. Will there be two, four quarterbacks that go in there? Will we get you know a run on the the receivers? Will Josh Jacobs go in the first round? Will Khalil Farrell, the, the defensive end from Clemson, will he slide out there? Will be will be that trade? The Detroit Lions, the eighth pick. Will, you know, with the Falcons going up, you know, from fourteen to get Ed Oliver. If it all happens. You yeah. heard it here first on the C2P show. <laughs> Excellent, man. Justin, you're the man. Have a great week, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Lucky Land. 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.